Hey there, hi there, ho there. Welcome once again to Disney Compendium, Volume 16, right? I'm right. It's 16. Sounds it's right. <laughs> uh, Sleeping Beauty, 1959. I am JJ, your host, and over there, my accomplice in crime, uh, one of the fairy godmothers of this uh, podcast. Nick, oh, how you doing? <laughs> I, I feel like I'd be the Merryweather of this podcast. <laughs> oh, JJ! I don't know which one I would be. I don't think I'd play particularly good flora or fauna in this one, but I think we're both Merryweather. <laughs> I think we're both Merryweather. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But okay, yeah. Sleepy Beauty. Uh, it's the movie. It's certainly, it's certainly Disney's 16th animated feature film released in theaters. <laughs> um, uh, January 29th, 1959 was its, uh, national, its uh, release date, which would be just a couple of years before my dad's, my dad's birthday was January 29th, 1961. So just a couple of years removed <laughs> from, from him. Yeah, and it came out uh, when my parents were three, so <laughs> age difference. So we got uh, got that. And this is um, it's it's probably I I, I I sort of consider this part like the completion of a trilogy in a way. Yeah, because yeah. it really it really feels um, you know obviously not thematically related in any way shape or form but it is like the disney princess with snow white uh, cinderella. cinderella and sleeping beauty they all sort of they're, they're all sort of their their core is sort of exactly the same and to the point where this is you know their last fairy tale movie for 30 years um and this one has a lot in common with cinderella i think it does it does um to the point where there are some times where I'm watching these movies and I'm expecting something to happen in like Cinderella. And I'm like, Oh wait, no, that's sleeping beauty. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know, and, and some of the minor plots, not like the, obviously the big plot right. stuff, but there are little things that happen. Like, you know, her walking through the woods with the animals and stuff. And that those big panoramic shots. And things. Or, yeah. Or, uh, Prince Charming's father and Prince Philip's father being the same damn character. It is. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. It's, it's the same. Like they don't even try. This is like this is the only time they've named the prince like yes. uh, up to this because like it was pr- the prince of Prince Charming, and now you have Prince Philip. He's actually got a name. And there's more to that, obviously. And we'll get to it in a little bit. And get, but um, uh, yeah, this Disney wouldn't return to um like this fairy tale adaption stuff for 30 years uh it would be um little, little mermaid. mermaid will be yeah. will be when we're back at this so for the next 30 years after this one it's all sort of it's like either more contemporary movies or more original stuff from disney and things because you're gonna get like all of the twist stuff and J- jungle book stuff was a little more you know it's not a fairy tale it's a little more traditional story you know uh, or you get or you get folklore like robin yeah. hood Robin Hood, you're going to get Sword in the Stone a little right. bit. Um, 101 Dalmatians, which is, you know, the next movie we were doing after this. Right. Um, which is just 
you know, a simple, that's just a simple, like, you know, family story. There's no, like, you know, it's a very traditional family story, but like this one is, it's the, it's a fairy tale. It's an adaption. Um, they sort of, it's kind of fun because they don't just focus when they're taking things to adapt. They're not just, there's a little bit of everything. There's like some of it from Tchaikovsky's uh, Sleeping Beauty, right. like the ballet. And there's a little bit of stuff from um, the Grimm's, uh, sleeping yes. beauty and stuff. So it's kind of, right. it's kind of interesting to see that they didn't just focus on like the ballet, or, like the Grimm's fairy tale version or something. They kind of just took the things that worked for them. Like uh, we'll get to that in a little bit, but first mm-hmm. I feel like uh, we should just uh, talk about the uh, movie itself. Um, with uh, the birth of Sleeping Beauty, essentially. So this, uh, the, how this the movie... birth. The yeah. birth of Aurora Borealis. Oh, at this Aurora. time of year, at this type of <laughs> in this castle localized in time. entirely in Within Southern California. Yes. Uh, <laughs> May I see her? No. Uh, and, and I mean that's essentially what they say to Maleficent when she comes. I mean, I feel like if they like, okay, I Maleficent just got sideways a bit but also like why did i just invite her yeah if you know she was if she knew she's gonna start stuff like all right yeah we should invite her you can come but so help me god if you start something if you try to place any curses or anything you're out of here miss (laughs) i wonder if it's just the whole thing with like she every time they invite her, she always like does some stuff with a spindle. Like again with the spindle, again with the spinning wheel. It's, it's always the spinning wheel. What is it with you and the spinning wheel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I spinning <laughs> wheel. <laughs> it's the uh, yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, it's it's her christening essentially. It's how we yeah, start off with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and she's. You know, starting off with like, you know, she's betrothed to Prince Philip already. Like, their their relationship is set up out the gate for this movie. There's <laughs> yeah, it, 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 she the which is odd because you you realize that there's a, a kind of a sizable age gap between Philip and Aurora right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, what's this baby? I gotta marry this baby. <laughs> Do I have to marry the baby now? Can I wait <laughs> to marry the baby? <laughs> But yeah. um yeah, it's where you meet the um the good fairies, I guess. Is that what I, guess. They, I think that's their I guess that's their official it's just it's like the ice hockey version of hockey players for fairies because each one is a different body size. <laughs> like, Skinny guy, fat guy, medium guy. Yeah, it's the same thing, yeah. but they're all just different versions of uh the fairy godmother from Cinderella. Like <laughs> You know what's funny is there is there's another video game this this movie remind, reminded me of a lot. Yeah, and it was it's freaking Legend of Zelda. It's it, it's specifically Ocarina of Time because the court like when the fairies come in like oh it's the Temple of Time. Yeah, yeah. or, or when, you, when the fairies each have different powers like oh it's those fairies from the from the desert temple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they're like you know green, red, and blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, listen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you know you're you're yeah you're introduced with like you know 
the three different it's the shattered personality of the fairy godmother yeah. from uh, Cinderella because it's basically it's basically just that same character three different times just like each one but yeah so yeah you you they each it's 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 that sort of weird religious thing because it's like the three wise men and they're bestowing upon gifts on her but like you know but it's beauty and song and you know it's um, but uh, Meriwether Meriwether never gets to uh, give her blessing her gift to Aurora because Maleficent Maleficent who is by far the only character in this movie that has any sort of character or personality yes (laughs) so the the voice actress from Maleficent, am I mistaken, or is she the same person as the uh, the voice of the the medium in the haunted mansion? That's her, right? Oh, uh, Madame Leota. Yes, it is Madame Leota. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's Madame Leota. It's like that voice is very distinct. Yep. No, it's absolutely Madame Leota. And uh, um, I'm trying to think. There's something else that we recognize her from. Oh, she's Lady Tremaine. She's also okay. She's oh, oh my god. She actually looks like Lady Tremaine, actually. She does. She does. If you actually go to her um, uh, Wikipedia page, uh, mm-hmm. it's Eleanor Oddly. Mm-hmm. Uh, her profile picture on her um, Wikipedia page is her in full Maleficent costume from the live action stuff that they filmed. Nice. And she looks exactly like Maleficent. Like, it is, it is stunning to see her in costume because, wow. Um, and she's also um, um, Eunice on uh, Green Acres. So okay, so you know she's she's not a nobody. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. She is Madame Leota. Uh, okay, but uh, yeah, she she finds out she wasn't invited to all of this. Gets a little butt hurt about it. Yeah, she's she's a little. She, she she plays it cool because she knows she's got a plan. Well, I don't know if she plays it cool. <laughs> she, plays, she plays it cool until she does the cursing. Like she's playing like, oh, that's yeah. a sh- that's a shame. Well, guess what? <laughs> yeah. You uh, know, it it, it it reminded me, and I guess like I, I don't know if they did this intentionally, but years later when they did Hercules, the whole dynamic between baby Hercules and Hades, like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, Chris, intentionally or not, I think some stories that are based around trying to get rid of, get, get a child out of the picture tend to fall in that. That's just how the storytelling will sort, sort of fall into anyway. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Flora yeah. and Fauna and Meriwether were, they're, they're kind of the three stooges in this sense because. Oh, okay. yeah. 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 They're obnoxious in this movie. They really are because it's like, oh, she's a princess. Well, she's got to be beautiful and be able to sing. Like, yeah, she doesn't have enough privilege, ladies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but any, but you know, what, whatever. <laughs> uh, we get, uh, we get uh, Maleficent dropping her curse. She's gonna at the age of sixteen. She's going to prick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel. Yep. And die. <laughs> yep. The most convoluted way to kill somebody ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like and it's funny because like um 
you never, um, there's no, for us who maybe have never experienced Sleeping Beauty before, maybe not be familiar with a time period or whatever, like, it's the most random, like, why a spinning wheel? Like, why a spinning wheel? I, I mean, like, there's no reason for it. There could be anything, but you chose a spinning wheel, assuming that because she, I mean, she's going to be working on a spinning wheel at some point, you know? <laughs> And so they they burn all spinning wheels. Yeah. So I guess nobody gets new clothes ever again. Yeah, we're done. There's no more. Never again does anybody get anything that needed, you know, threads of any This is, you know, the cotton gin isn't going to exist for, you know, centuries at this point. So... But yeah, no. Guess what? Yeah. Oh, you've had those pants for twenty years. You're gonna keep wearing them. Yeah, all all children get nothing. You're gonna potato sacks. <laughs> yeah. This is walking with some raggedy looking clothes. Yeah, it's gonna be. Everyone's like those old timey, uh, like you know, like a poor person has to wear a whiskey barrel. But. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but anyways, they try to undo the curse, but they, the fairies aren't strong enough to undo the curse. Uh, Which is odd. Yeah, there's three of them. I think with our powers combined, you know, they can Captain form Planet. Captain <laughs> what? Yeah. And, and they, cause they do other stuff that seems like just <laughs> as equal to <laughs> a reverse yeah, curse. Yeah, stuff like you're shattering the basis of reality with some of the stuff that you're doing, but but like this is too much. Uh, so um, uh, Meriwether, who never got to do her blessing, uses her blessing um, that uh, we just weakens the curse. Right. So instead of dying, she will fall asleep and can only be awoken by love's uh, true love's first kiss. So, um, uh, so yeah, that was, and then that's when they do the whole burning everything, and we uh, <laughs> we uh, get her being sort of sequestered out in the woods with the uh, god good fairies. I always want to call them the fairy godmother, and it's really as like one yeah. unit or like a unit of because <laughs> it's the same well, character just broken up into three different characters. Yeah. And, and so and so their strategy is oh well we're going to take her into hiding yeah. so we can disguise ourselves and we're going to raise her ourselves yeah. yeah in this cottage yeah and forego being fairies yeah it's yeah it's a it's a bold plan it's the bold strategy cotton See if it works out for them. Uh, yeah, they can't make a cake when they've raised a child for sixteen years. Yeah, sixteen. Um, I guess we should start it off that it starts off, um, and, and it's the song keeps showing up. But once, uh, once upon a dream is sort of yes. the theme song for this, and that's a really, really good song. Yes, it, it is. It plays into it, play, and it comes back multiple times throughout the movie. Yeah, um, but um, uh, oh yeah, uh, so after. You know, they burn all the spinning wheels, the fairies are in, so we do a time jump. So we're jumping to her 16th birthday. Where she's clearly not 16. <laughs> uh, she's got a new name. She's no, she's not Aurora. She's Rose. She Briar Rose, which Rose. is 
I think that's what her like hiding name was in the grim fairy tale version of it. Like they took that from it. Her name's uh, Rose. Yeah. Draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> uh, Briar Rose. So, you know, like, uh, Briar Rabbit, Briar Bear, Briar Rose. <laughs> Briar Wyatt. Um. <laughs> Thank you. No, uh, no. No. No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, there, you get the. Uh, and this is where you get the sort of what I consider one of the more beautiful sequences in it when she goes, she's going out to pick the berries into the woods and everything because they send her out. It's her 16th birthday and they're gonna, they're making a, they're making a dress for her. In the, kind of. Kind of. They're trying. They're trying. Um, but um, we, we, we saw animals in Cinderella make a better looking dress yeah. than these three like enchanted women. Yeah. But, um, but like the scenes of her like in the woods walking across the woods are absolutely yes. gorgeous. Like yes, they look yeah. like the the forest stuff is some some of the best visually Disney stuff. This this is them moving on from sort of the style that they had been using mm-hmm. and, and moving towards a more um, I don't know medieval style in a way. Um, well, I think what I, I think what I told you when I we were talking about animation like, is a lot of use of angles. Yeah, a lot yeah, of angles. a lot of angles, a lot of a lot of like the backgrounds and stuff. There's a lot of like sharp details. And yes, stuff. Like, like you see the trees, and it's like a very noticeable like bark and everything on these trees. Right, and, and you know, very like like. It, it, it's not like fine details, like minute details, but like very, like you, very recognizable details in a lot of these things. Very, very like this is like a movie. Like I wouldn't mind having a lithograph of. Yeah, of yeah. A, a forest scene. Somewhere. Yeah, a forest scene or something. But uh, right. this is where um, Aurora and um, Prince Philip fall in love, essentially. Like. They're doing this whole, she's going through the woods, singing her song, Once Upon a Dream. Philip sees her, starts hitting on her pretty much out the gate. <laughs> like, Before that, the animal steal his clothes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. um, so, so she dances with the owl in Philip's cloak. Yep. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's... It's a cute. I mean, it, it looks good. It's it's you know it's it's a sort of nothing meat cute, essentially. You know, <laughs> it's, it's nothing really going. It's like it's here because that's what the story is. Like I, you don't really ever feel like there was ever a real connection being made other than singing a song together. But well, also this is probably the first man she's seen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and like and like she's uneasy talking to him because not supposed to talk be talking to strangers, anyways. But um, but they also have no idea about the arranged marriage. So there's like it's just one of those silly, like you know, serendipity kind of scenarios that they're creating here. So what a crazy random happenstance. Yeah. Um. Oh, what happens next after that? They they're working on the dress. Um. 
oh, uh, they're failing miserably at the dress making and the cake making. Yes. So Meriwether's like, you know what? I'm going to go grab the three swords. I mean, four swords. I mean, three wands. And... Uh... <laughs> yeah, this is... Yeah, and then this is where... Um, this is where they find out... This is where... She, so, like, you know... She, d- d- oh, yeah, wait. Is it... Have we... Isn't this where oh. Malevolent... Yes. Malevolent, like, finds out that, like, she's been trying to find... Her, her, hench, her henchmen have been looking for a baby for 16 years. Yeah. Henchmen, who, by the way, look like moblins. Yes. This is, <laughs> or Zelda. Yeah. It's absolutely a Legend of Zelda movie. Um, and, she's, and she loses her damn mind when she finds out, like, you oh, guys are like, looking for a baby the whole time. It's been 16 years. years. For a baby. It, it's a good scene. It is yeah. It's genuinely, like, funny. Like, yeah. when she just starts losing it, just, like, you can tell she's furious, but she can't help but just laugh, laugh, yeah. laugh, and then absolutely destroy those moblins. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to call them moblins now for the rest yeah. of the movie. That's the only thing they are. I mean, yeah. like, look, I mean, even Aurora is wearing a pink dress. I mean, yeah. come, on. come on. It's it's Prince Philip. If he was in a green tunic... <laughs> Somebody redraws this movie and puts him in a green tunic. You could, you could say that this is Maleficent isn't too far removed from being Ganondorf. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I even made the joke about like Prince Philip using Daruk's protection in the climax. Yeah. <laughs> so it is. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah. I, so yeah. It's. That that's one of my favorite scenes of the movie, other than the ending of this movie. The ending of this movie is, is like supreme. Like the final, like yeah, the climax of this movie is like one of Disney's best. Uh, it, it's pretty cool visually. It's yeah. pretty cool visually. Yeah, and I mean that's all and, you. And really also have. frightening. It's terrifying. Um, Aura finds out that she's a princess, right? Um, and that she's told never to talk to this man again not knowing again the fairies don't know that he's the person that she's supposed to be marrying anyways and stuff so um, and, and but now at this point uh maleficent has sent her out her magicka to, to spell crow to yeah. go spy <laughs> and the crow's like oh that's her reports yeah, he, back yeah it takes him absolutely no time crack the code what, yeah. <laughs> if the moblins were searching for 16 years for a baby nothing the, the crow raven bird is out for you know six minutes and it's already he's good to go he's got this yeah. uh, that's that's first thing i thought like it's the magic of the spell crow yeah uh the maleficent like visually maleficent is so cool looking like, yeah it's, it's the green very, skin tone yeah, yeah, like, and it's like that subdued green. It's like a, it's like a like zombie green, like kind of. Yeah, thing. not like a witch green. You think it'd be yeah. witch green, but no, it's just like she's kind yeah. of like undead. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, 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 been like, yeah, undead, like just this yeah. sickly green, and like she's not well. <laughs> yeah, just, which. Which they they wisely decided not to de- uh, replicate when they went live action with that movie. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, which is I've never seen Maleficent. I I haven't either. 
Yeah, I, I should, but I mean, I'm sure I will at some point. But, uh, yeah, uh, but if Prince Philip try, uh, does the same thing, falls on deaf ears when he talks about how he met this wonderful woman, it's like, well, look, no, you can't, no, I'm not just going to meet, marry some pauper lady that you met in the woods. <laughs> but they do set up a, a, a rendezvous. She said, yeah. oh, he's like, when will I see you again? Never! Wait, what? Eh, maybe later. Uh, how about tonight? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Anyways, after all this is said, done the fairies um, take uh, take Aurora to the uh, castle to uh, wait for her birthday celebrations, where she finally gets to meet her parents. Essentially, yes, yes. Um, and that's when uh, Maleficent's plan starts to unfold. She, she has to supply the spinning wheel herself, essentially. <laughs> well, I, I don't I don't want to downplay this part because when she appears in that fireplace and turn that is scary. That is a frightening scene where just like this very like ghost like like this very haunting sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Aurora's face is just like weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's but like the whole like it's so it's it's like this super silly moment at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because it, it, there's no reason for her to touch the spinning wheel. No, <laughs> but, but she does anyways. Like you know, she's being tricked by Maleficent, obviously. Or she's in a trance, maybe. And, yeah, she's being yeah. It's like you know, but Maleficent's using her dark powers some some way to get her to touch the spinning wheel but it's like boy this you could have made this a lot easier on you so pick something more common that she's gonna prick herself on <laughs> it's like i would have been like hey guess what today it's raining spinning wheels <laughs> it's like why does it why not just get the spindle from a spinning wheel and go yeah yeah <laughs> just poke her <laughs> yeah yeah, but uh, or or just like does why why does it being attached? Why does it have to be attached to the spinning wheel? To the actual spindle? Does, does yeah. it does it not being attached to the spindle negate its power though? Yeah, like that's yeah. It's like just break it off and like hide it in her bed under a pillow. Or something. <laughs> like you know, there's a million ways you can just easily. But no. Uh, get also, spindle. I'm gonna need. Also, I'm gonna need you to climb fifty flights of stairs. <laughs> while 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 I I materialize myself into a spinning wheel, and then well, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's all silly, but yeah, she gets the curse. She uh, she falls asleep and yeah. stays asleep, and that's the end of the movie. It's all over. Sorry. Yep, it's it's Sleeping Beauty it's because it's it's, it's, it's not called it's called Awake Beauty. It's Sleeping yeah. Beauty. Yeah, it's just we're Awake Beauty. That's the sequel. You got to come back in a couple of years to see yeah. Prince Philip. This is it's it's the original Infinity War. Yeah, <laughs> Prince Philip will return. Yeah. Ash. Yeah. I don't feel so good, Meriwether. <laughs> uh, but um. But at this point is when we find is when everyone sort of finds out that Prince Philip was the person that she met in the woods and vice versa. Kind of yeah. have their conversations. <laughs> well, this is this yeah, this is the point where they're like, Oh, she's dead, or well, we think she's dead, and yeah. meanwhile everybody's outside celebrating, like, Yay, the princess <laughs> And so the 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 fairies like, Hey, let's just put everybody in sleep. 
until Aurora wakes up. Yeah. That, it's we a, can't reverse the curse, but we can yeah. make thousands of people fall asleep. Yeah, we can just we can just men in black everybody right now. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah, Maleficent ends up kidnapping Prince Philip, essentially. Yes. <laughs> like it was just it's such a complicated like everything just got complicated out the gate for everyone involved. Like it's the hardest. Like, like you know, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. She ate an apple. She fell asleep, and now yeah, it's like there wasn't much to it. It's easy to like. She ate an apple. That's something that you can easily trick somebody into eating an apple. Right. I, and if it's this whole part where like, okay, so he goes in the cottage because he thinks Aurora is there. Yeah. The moblins jump him. They yeah. like, and then she goes, instead of just like offing Philip, she goes, Oh, I have plans for you gently. Like what, what plans do you have for him? Do yeah. we want to know those plans? Yeah. Yeah. Cause, like, cause my mind went there. I'm like, mm, but yeah. you do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's certainly, I mean, I don't know like what, how else is somebody supposed to take that line? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, unless she's going to eat him. Um, <laughs> you know. Oh, but I guess, I guess her her plan was to keep him locked away until he was old. I mean, that's. But like, because then he's old, and then he gets released, and then like he can reverse the curse, but now she's that hasn't aged a day, and. Yeah, but it's a but, bad plan. It's a stupid. It's just a it's petty terrible. plan, because because like she's gonna wake up still. Like the whole point is that she's gonna wake up. Like you know, you're yeah, just, yeah. Like Melissa's like, well, got these like Dormammu ass powers, and she's just like, eh. she's no different than a Bond villain who's just all hubris. Yeah. Which she, is like she is very much a bond villain yeah it's just it's just all hubris and yeah like she like it's it's not so much that she, like the, because there's no there's no reason for any of this to happen like at least there was like the narcissism in snow white and the seven dwarves where she wanted to be the most beautiful and that was her whole goal in life, right you know or cinderella where it's you know it's just a bunch of vile you know they're jealous spiteful step parents that don't really care for her because it's not really their kid right stuff. like there's just it's, this is just pettiness this is just there's nothing here that they ever tell you about and yeah. with your introduction to her is that they just don't like her and so she curses they didn't invite her because yeah. they knew she was going to start something and so she and she comes uninvited and starts something and she's the one that's upset <laughs> Well, well, my thing is like if she shows up at the beginning, it's like, guess what? Brat, baby's dead. What are you gonna do about it? Bye. Because she knows the fairies can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, you can't. Like, yeah, it's just all just. It's an evil plot for the sake of mad scientist style evil plot. She's it's like the, she's like if Blofeld were a witch. <laughs> So, so she's gonna get so at some point she's gonna get dumped into a chimney stack. I mean, look, <laughs> if it weren't for the fact that she turned into a dragon, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's there's a chance there's a chance this could have gone on for a few more movies. I yeah. I, I I desperately want to get to that part though. Yes, the dragon. Okay. Scene. Yes. Well, I mean, we're pretty much there at this point. We're, we're, the, the fairies with very little um, 
trauma behind it release Philip. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much. It just it nope. release him. He gets the Master Sword. Uh, he gets the Master Sword. And the Hylian Shield. Uh, <laughs> and the Mirror yeah, Shield. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Mar- and, Tarin gives him the shield before he yeah. leaves. <laughs> yeah. And uh, um, Maleficent is absolutely furious about this. But, again, just, okay, sure. Your plan was stupid. You just locked him away and you knew that you know that there are three fairies out there. You saw them at the... You know that they're on the side of Aurora. They are going to help this guy. You didn't lock him in some sort of weird curse. If you put a curse on the lock that Mm -hmm. was as strong as the curse that you put on Aurora, (laughs) the best they could have done is just... I don't know. I don't know. Like... She didn't really think this through at all, like, and and she and she she obviously knows them pretty well. So yeah, yeah she's throwing shade at them at the very beginning. Of the they're not super bright, so if yeah. they can okie dokie, you kind of deserve to get taken down. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, the uh, um, uh, she uh, surrounds the castle with thorns. It's cool. It's a cool. That's a cool move. That's a power move. Cool. Just, yeah. yeah. Um, and Philip just hacking away at those things. Yeah. And then she just just does a witch teleportation and uh, turns into a dragon. <laughs> Before <laughs> she does that, she calls on all the powers of hell. <laughs> which is dope. Yeah. You watch that. Said, the end of this movie is some of the best Disney's ever been. Yeah. Because it's just, it's all visually stunning, and it's mm-hmm. like, she's calling on the powers of hell to, you know, the underworld is coming up to Im- do, imbue her with power. Would you think about 1959 to say that in a movie, in a children's movie? Yeah. Holy cats! Yeah, and so, and there's absolutely been zero hint in the slightest that, like, oh yeah, she could turn into a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I would just if I could turn to a dragon. Guess what? That's twenty four seven. I'm a dragon. Yeah, it's the same thing like with the Power Rangers. It's like if you why are we going through all of this when inevitably it's going to be a big thing and you're going to call your giant robots? It's like just call in the giant robots at the beginning and step on the guy. Step on the putties. Step on the putties now. (laughs) Kill the putties now. (laughs) Why are you even messing with Goldar? Just wipe, take him down. Yeah. Why wait? To make my monster grow, mm-hmm. just start off with giant robots. You're, you're wasting everyone's time. Uh, yeah. You, like, you, you see stuff go down, like, you don't need to wait to form the head, Lance. Yeah. Form the head. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you shouldn't even need to be told to do that. It should just come naturally at a certain point. And, and, and this is a case where if you can... T- if you can summon the powers of Satan into your body to turn you into a dragon, the fact that you, this bumbling nonsense has been going on for the last hour <laughs> seems silly. <laughs> is is it is it implied with her horns and her calling upon the powers of hell that she is a manifestation of the devil or like in league with the devil? I don't I don't know. I think you're supposed to at least associate her as being in league with. I don't think she's supposed to be Mrs. Satan. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's supposed to be like 
implied because I, it's it's you know the art style of this movie is sort of implicating different sort of styles and like right. sort of like evil you know look sort of inspired by the um you know specific eras of art that they're pulling from so um but uh philip just just hurls that sword right into her heart it just well flora flora <laughs> yeah flora is like guess what like your your knight's broadsword's about to break just throw it <laughs> Just like Breath of the Wild, it's your last ditch effort. Just hook this thing. It's going to shatter any second. Just hook it. And he does. And he kills Final. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even like that isn't what kills her. It's like the fall. Yeah. (laughs) And there's blood. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It's it's, this is a final fight that does not pull its punches. No. Dark. It's scary. Like as a child, this this is terrifying. I, I yeah, when I saw this movie, I was probably like eight for the first time. I was like, that was like, whoa. Yeah, and so you know, death, death of the uh, death of the bad guy, which that's the Disney way. The bad guy dies. So uh, she leaves like like when she dies, like this this is black ooze. Yeah, where she what like she's like the 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 tar monster from the episode Next Generation, and and the sword that got chucked at her turns black. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's uh yeah, pretty cool, it's, pretty cool visual. Yeah, it's, it's all very cool visually. And then so Philip kisses Aurora, breaking the spell. Every and it breaks the spell of everyone in the castle. Like that kiss woke up everybody. <laughs> well, no. Well, remember they said like yeah. they're going to put everybody to sleep until she wakes up. Yeah. So I guess maybe that's why. That's that's boy. That is that is a hail mary. If anything, yeah. if you're assuming that she is going to wake up. The only way, also, if if she didn't, if this didn't work out, you just killed hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna put everybody else's life on hold. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's yeah, it's a bold strategy, and it, it played out for him. So sure, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you get your uh, everyone's happy to live happily ever hour. <laughs> and so, uh, Aurora yeah, hugging yeah. parents who she's never seen before, but yeah, there you go. the 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 her her gown changes color. Right, because Meriwether and Flora have been fighting over pink and blue. Yeah. 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 It, it just does those fairies are so obnoxious. Yeah. And it just didn't like Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could not stand those fairies. But You you know what's funny is I, I felt like they when I when I saw this when I was a kid, I was eight, right? Yeah. And I thought they were like the golden girls kind of in a way. You could and you could see it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dec- like yeah, decades before that was a <laughs> anything. Like, but... like Fauna is Rose. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. But um, but yeah, that's Cinder Cinderella. Uh, that's Cinderella. <laughs> and I wish pretty much. I wish, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, it's it's sort of like this weird amalgam of both Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty. Like, yeah. Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. Sleeping Beauty is like it. It, it doesn't like. It's the tropiest of all of them. Like it's, it follows every bullet point that a Disney movie would that you expect a Disney movie to have. 
Right. I mean, like, it, what, it clocks in like, at, what, an hour 15? Yeah, it's like 101 minutes, I think, or something. Like that. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's not, yeah. And it just, it, it, it moves at a good enough pace. Like, but it doesn't let, it doesn't move at a pace where any of the drama gets to sort of sink in. No, no. So like, 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 I, like I said, a, a perfect point is the whole, she kidnaps Philip, Philip's out within like two minutes. Like th- there's nothing there. There's no drama. There's no worry, at least in um, uh, Cinderella. Uh, you know, there's, you feel a little bit of tension of her being locked in the room when the glass right. flicker is being tried on because it's, you know, there's stuff going on and there's, you know, the cat is being a jerk and everyone's trying to get her out. And, you know, it, it feels like there's a little more drama there. There was no drama with with anything that happened in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, they do a time jump at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, an immediate time jump. Yeah. You get like, yeah, you get like four minutes of exposition at the very beginning. And then it's the time jump 16 years. Yeah. And, and then the rest of the movie takes place over the course of like uh, half a day. Like, maybe like, that. Yeah. yeah. And it's her 16th birthday. It's throughout her 16th birthday. So by the time you get to the end of everything, it's, you know, so yeah, it, it becomes an episode of 24. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the cliff notes version of 24. It's, you know, what? Beep, 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 yeah. beep, beep. Yeah. So, um, damn it, Chloe. Yeah, it's like a it's a Game Boy Advance version of a Zelda game. It's like that's not the full game, but it's yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna we're just gonna drill that Zelda comparison into the ground. It's it's too good to just give up on. <laughs> it's the it's the minish cap of Disney <laughs> princess movies. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so uh, it's fine. I mean, it's not. Yeah. I, I would never go out of my way, and I haven't gone out of my way to see it. I think the the end of the movie is easily the best part of the movie. Yeah, um, well, you, remember how you were talking about, like, was it last week or week before, like, the last third of the movie was the better Oh, yeah, part? it was, yeah, like, Lady of the like, Tramp. Lady Tramp. Lady this, Tramp. This, this is the same thing. Act. Yeah, this and even less, even less, because, like, the bulk of the third act is... Like, it's, it's like the, you know, falling asleep, you know, it's the at the castle stuff. And like, you know, that just sort of meanders about with her being falling asleep and Prince Philip getting kidnapped and all of that stuff. And it's just, it's still nothing's really happening other than just like, okay, this has to happen and this has to happen. And then it's like, and now everything happens at once. It's so it's a last eighth of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like everything just sort of feels like it's happening because it has to because that's the story. Like it doesn't feel like it doesn't earn a lot of the no attention that it creates. And like I said, Maleficent is the only character that has any sort of like character, yeah, depth to her or anything. And you still don't know anything about her. Like, like (laughs) why does she hate them so much? Yeah, like the motivation is never really explained, other than the fact that she's. Clearly, she just she's just an agent of chaos, I guess. Like for, for the devil in this thing, like, yeah. But there's and, like, the, the, the at least there's like at least there's some things like you know Snow White or something where it's like, and now she's 
queen or yeah. something. Like she's never she's never gonna ascend the throne right. or anything. So you know, it's not like she's like the step step brother, like stepsister, like you know, or anything. It's just she just has unknown motivation. Yeah, I, I mean, and it works in a sense. Sometimes that's good for a villain to just sort of like, why are they that way? It's they're that way. It's you know the Michael Myers situation where it's like it, she's just evil. Got, yeah. got the devil's eyes, you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah, this is uh, this is obviously one of the um, uh, um, one of the first movies that they started writing in the fifties. Right. Um, you know, Cinderella was a big hit. They they didn't start. So this one, this is this is sort of a different situation because so this movie comes out in fifty nine. Mm-hmm. They start writing it in 51. So, I mean, like, there's usually these movies have either crazy, like, we started working on this one in 1938, or, you know, something like that. This one's like, there's an eight, eight year gap between when they started writing it and when it came out. Um, and, and it's one of the first ones they start working on, you know, post World War II and all of their other stuff coming out. It kind of shows a little bit that they didn't yeah. put as much time into this one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it, you know, it, it, it did it. It was originally supposed to come out like just in a few years, like when they started working on it. Like the plot was to have it be um, opening around the time of Disneyland. Um, hence the castle. Hence the yeah, the castle was, was like specifically. It doesn't look like the castle. It doesn't. But they, it, just, it, it, they just dub it that because. It, to be a promotional piece that was the whole point it was because i think the original um in the original designs of it it was like they were calling it cinderella's castle right but um it was coming out so close to the movie and stuff it's perfect synergy kind of situation you know uh, and having a castle was important to walt walt had a phrase that he liked to use especially for the for the parts and it was weenie um, and the castle was the weenie of the park. And it, the reason it's called the weenie is because he was like, you know, no matter what, like he used to have a dog. And it's like the dog is automatically just wherever the, wherever the hot dog is, wherever the weenie is, the dog mm-hmm. is where the dog is going to go, no matter what. And so that's what, like, you know, so he would refer to things like the castle is the weenie. So it's, no matter where you're at, that's sort of your central point, and that's where you're going to sort of naturally drift to. So you go on Main Street, and you're just right. automatically going towards the castle. And when you get there, and maybe you do have the castle, or you know, you can go anywhere, but you know where you're at now. I, I thought I, I think it was like he called that because the spires are very phallic looking. <laughs> <laughs> Look. It, it, He's not an animator. With an animator, <laughs> especially if you were working on the VHS cover of uh, Little Mermaid. Yeah. Little Mermaid, yeah. <laughs> and of course, we know the real weenie at Disneyland is at the founder of the Little Red Wagon. <laughs> well, Unofficial sponsors of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe official sponsor one. Day. <laughs> as, as, as if it's some sort of standalone product within the. <laughs> it's like it's it's like it's a separate entity. It's his own, yeah. It's his own thing. It's like no, it's like we've been here for fifty years and sixty years at this point, and it's like we only we've been out of business everywhere else in the country. But 
Disneyland, their little red wagon, not corn dogs. It's like they're a franchisee or something. But, uh, uh, we'll just record an episode of it from stand, sitting right next to the cart, sit on the planter, and just record an episode of this podcast right next to the little red wagon corn dog cart. It, which uh, might happen, it's, folks. It's, very, it's, it's, it's been talked about. There's, there's, there's very real reality that this could happen. So. Yes. Um, which could go bad or great. Yeah. Uh Plus the, I think like you know they have to make some conceits when it comes to um, re- adapting a story like this. Like the curse gets changed a little bit and stuff. Like you know, originally it's like a hundred year curse, but it's like well, that seems kind of absurd, doesn't it? Like, <laughs> you, you know what? I, I, and I actually don't. I remember very little about the original Grimm's fairy tale, so I will yeah, let you know me there. I'm, <laughs> it's been grade school since I've gone through any of the Grimm's fairy tale stuff. So everything that I remember, I remember sort of tangentially because there's some things you just can't forget. Right. Like with Grimm's fairy tales version of um, Sleeping Beauty in particular, like the prince, it gets blue. So yeah. <laughs> you know, it, or uh, being the beast, he's literally a werewolf. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, it's Lon Chaney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um, um but yeah th- th- there was one thing that was interesting that i thought about this was um y- you know how we, I-, I always sort of um uh i always thought like some of the movie this movie in particular um feels very um fantasia-y i can see okay. that especially yeah, yeah. When- Especially the, the dragon stuff. It feels like Night on Bald Mountain. Or the cleaning up scene with the broom. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, uh, this movie started changing. It's This is like Disney was using uh, a very specific style of um, art. It was um, Rococo art, which would have been a, um, a like Baroque era artwork. Right. And, and so that was sort of what they But this time around, they started... Um, they were more art deco this time around. And um, one of their artists, Kay Nelson, who was the original, like, who was one of the um, sketches, sketch artists and his artistic style and stuff, actually did do um, the early sketches for the Night on Bald Mountain sequence. Ah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So, so it makes a lot of sense for, like, some of the, some of the visuals. Like, 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 even in the forest scenes, where... It's it's this very it is a very art decoy style medieval style. Um, you you could see similarities between Maleficent and the demon. Yes, especially yeah, and, and especially like when it when it takes on its dragon form. Yes. Um, it, it also it's it like it like and the whole like transformation sequence and stuff really does feel like Bald Mountain uh, is there, so. <laughs> Uh, and, the yeah. use of, and the use of shadows when she's like, mm-hmm. she's got this billowing smoke for coming up from underneath her. Um, but um, he ended up, um, th- th- what they decided on for Sleeping Beauty was because the, um, one of the artists, John Hench, um, uh, found uh, some tapestries at the Met, the Metropolitan oh. Museum of Art um, a- in New York, and uh, he, he brought some reproductions of these tapestries and um, that like with, with, with like the art designs on them and stuff from 
this era, and that's when Walt decided, like, yes, that's what Sleeping Beauty looks like. That's the that's the design of Sleeping Beauty. So we've come to look at the tapestries. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great many tapestries. Um, but and uh, apparently, and one of the quotes that I saw was um, how important the uh, the uh, background artwork was and stuff. Yeah, um, um, like all the paintings, like it, um, they actually says he made them more like Christmas cards, and hmm. like you look at some of the like, especially with the woods, it's like all the beautiful detail and the trees, the bark, and all of that. That's all well and good, yeah. but what the hell's go? What what the hell's going to look at that? Or who the hell's going to look at that? Uh, the backgrounds became more important in the animation. He's made them more look like Christmas cards. And I mean, that's a fair assessment, I think. Like, your backgrounds, especially in the forest scenes, are like take up your your eyesight. Like, like I like you can't really, I, like you see. I think of those scenes, and you see those things, and you see the background more than you see Aurora walking through them and stuff because they they stand out and are just they're paintings essentially, and you can tell they're paintings. You know, I had I had. I hadn't thought of the Christmas card like uh, thing until you mentioned it, but yeah, I, yeah, no, yeah, you can kind of see it. Yeah, you kind of see it, yeah. especially in this era of time where right you know, the fifties where there's you know a lot of you know Rockefeller and stuff like that. Yes, um, that sort of that style, um, you know, this this weird like it's not realistic, but it's it it is adjacent to realism, right? That that so it's um, which is a lot like that Rockefeller style of artwork where it's like it doesn't look like these don't look like real human beings but they look enough like you get like you know that like yeah okay it's it looks re- like the way they're painted look it's realistic enough and it's um, it, it's it's also very clearly just art yes it is it is uh, yeah, it's it's kind of hard. But I I I know that I, I like that style of art for whatever reason. Yeah. That, yeah. that it, it's 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 distinctly fifties. I, I guess is the best way to put it. Yes, it's it's very much of its time. Uh, yeah. This this particular, uh, but this movie more than anything is very much feels. You know, every once in a while you watch a Disney movie, especially some of the earlier ones. Um, Dumbo is always one that always gets me off guard. It's like you know, like really, that's nineteen. It's like 19, you know, 40 or whatever. And then like, like, you know, even Snow White and Seven Dwarves, like it's hard to imagine that that's 1938 or something. You know what right. I mean? Like this yeah. one, this one I can always remember is the one from the fifties. Like it, it, it looks like fifties. It looks like the fifties. It feels the way the story is told. Everything feels very fifties Hollywood. This is the most sort of, this is, this feels the most Hollywood of any of the Disney movies. Yeah. Um, I can see that. Yeah, it's you know, you're, you're, you know, you're not too removed from just being like a traditional studio film with this particular movie, um, which is not what people go to to see Disney stuff. No, um, but uh, but it know. but it has but it has the visual appeal to keep you. I mean, for me, you know, I, you know, admittedly, this is not one of my favorite movies we've done so far. But what keeps you engaged is the visual. Yeah. Um, the the use of um, the use of live action in this one probably caused more um, 
don't know what the right word to use for this, but there was more uh, pushback on using live action for this movie than any of the other previous ones. It's been a thing that they always did, you know, they've, for all of their movies that feature humans, and in some cases, some of the animal ones, because they did it with Bambi a little bit, but it was less about movement, more about making the animals look right. Um, but uh, um, there was more pushback internally for it. It was, uh, it was like any animator who's worth their weight knows how you know a, a character should move, and that was sort of that's direct, not a direct quote, but para, para, paraphrasing a little bit on this. Um, it was oh, let's see, it was Milt Call. Here we go, found the quote. I know I saved it somewhere. Um, because Walt wanted the characters to appear as uh, near flesh and blood as possible. Right. And Milt was like, uh, called it a crutch. It's stifling of the creative effort. Anyone with their, their salt in the business ought to know how people move. <laughs> so it's like, it's just something you should know. It's, it's, this, is, this is pointless. Why are we wasting our time with these live action things? We know how people move. We know how they're supposed to move. But at the same time, like, and, and you know, to give him credit, it's still an animated film, so you don't want it to be like hyper realistic. Yeah, but a leap. So it, it's also a fantasy film, so you know. yeah. And, and, and you know, it, it's also a crutch because at the end of the day, if especially at this point in studio history, where Walt is Disneyland's open now, at this point, um, that's uh, where that's where his focus is. That's where his focus is when time starts running out and you have to, you're pushing for your release date that you need it to be at you are more likely to take that live action stuff and rotoscope it right and that that's you know a, a good animator doesn't want to do that um, and especially you don't want to be doing that at a Disney movie like it feels wrong I mean, and they did it um, they don't talk about it very often but I mean they absolutely did it they did a lot of rotoscoping because again, you run out of time at a point. It takes a lot of time to make an animated movie and a lot of money. And when you're a studio like this, who, you know, who's effectively always sort of on the verge of not making your money back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. they've just come off some lean times, not yeah. ten years before. So, and, and you've, I mean, for, for the most part, like these cartoons are losing Walt. Like he's still there. He's still making calls, calling the shots, and everything. He's not, his hand isn't in it as much as it used to be. And so it's it's harder to, you know, it's, it's harder to get things done. It's harder to make, it's hard for the people, especially the long timers, to like make a decision because you're used to like, you're used to Walt making the decision at the end. Of the right. And, but now you're getting, you know, well, I mean, this is just how it has to be. We have to, if we want to get this out on time, we've been working on the scene for too long. We need to get this out. We need to finish this. We need to move on to whatever's next on this movie. And so finish it up, finish it, finish it, finish it. Um, you, you have to wonder how, like, what kind of adjustment that was because think about, like, you know, you said he used to be the final word, and now it's like everybody get into a room. Now we have to have, like, yeah. a cons- uh, like one consensus. What are we working on? What do we need to do? Everybody yeah. has to have some kind of agreement. Yeah. And that, that probably makes things more difficult. Yeah. Um, this this was a... Uh, um, th- th- during when this, like, for the soundtrack of this movie, 
there was a musician strike in 1957, which apparently affected where they could record the soundtrack to this. So really? it's like, it like the, the score itself was recorded like out of country <laughs> because you know it's just like it's a way to get around the musical strike, and they had to uh, uh, replace like their 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 musician that they were using and assign the scores and everything. It's like it's like a weird little like moment in history where it's like I, there's no like like anything about this musician strike but it was there yeah. and you know it's a footnote in the history it's not like the animator strike where it, you know shut down disney for months and months but you know, it had enough effect where i i don't really with the exception of once upon a dream i don't really um recognize the music in this movie it gets ominous in parts where it needs yeah. to, but like yeah. it's like it's not, it's not it's not your traditional um, Disney score. Yeah, because, because it's when you all, think it is, it's it's all mood pieces. It's all setting. It's all tone. It's all setting tone. It's like one recurring song that re- reprises itself a few times. Like it's at the beginning, it's at the middle, and it's at the end. It's because I think, and I think you and I both will kind of agree with this. Like when you think of tr- traditional Disney movies, the music is a character in of itself. Yeah, yeah. Like it's you know, and it's, it's, it's still it's just kind of yeah, and that's still the Disney of, thing. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, production didn't production went relatively smoothly on this movie. It wasn't really mm-hmm. a whole lot like. Because, like, you're in a groove now. You had some successes, you know. Lady and Tramp was relatively successful. Cinderella was a huge success. And so this movie is sort of the, the follow-up, essentially, to it, right. even though there were movies in between. Um, it's just, this, this one was, like, bolstered by the success of Cinderella and didn't really have anything to do with the success of Lady and the Tramp. Because um, Lady and Tramp wasn't really a success in, like, a huge sense it was just it made its money back and made some money but not to the extent of like cinderella um but um this one this one didn't do as well i mean it did fine but it, it made how much money did it make uh it had a budget of six million it made 50 million so you know it, it did great financially obviously but critically it was just like not great. Maybe, maybe by this point, like the people thought the formula was played out. Yeah, like, we've seen the formula. We 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 get it. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, like after this movie, they don't go back to this formula right. for thirty years. Um, not until the eighties. At this point, we're in the fifties. I mean, like you know, <laughs> we're both well alive at this point when the, yeah, I, they they come back to this style of movie. Yeah, because there's this whole thing for girls like and disney pushes it hard the, the disney princess thing yeah. but you think about like there's there's only like three <laughs> there's only three before like most of us were born um this movie was in theaters it was partnered with um a grand canyon nature documentary which um and that uh that's an odd pairing yeah but at the time that was like some of the bread and butter of disney those Nature documentaries were like oh, Disney yeah. reinvented, like they didn't even really reinvent the nature documentary. Like they invented the nature documentary. It was um, they, they're big. They were a big deal, 
Uh, it, like this one won uh, uh, Academy Award, like this the Grand Canyon, and I am pretty sure that's what the train sequence is inspired by at Disneyland because it's okay. through the Grand Canyon and it does that that and it has the dinosaur scene and stuff too but that's unrelated to the Grand Canyon anything that they can sort of shove them together but um, if you get the Blu-ray it actually has the, <laughs> the Grand Canyon uh, special does so, it really yep. that's yep. kind of cool yeah I mean it's cool I mean like they usually don't do that they usually like usually they usually just sort of ignore what it was paired with initially on some of these sets so it was cool to see like they actually included it on that well, set Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't this kind of like one of their really early Blu-ray releases? Yeah, I think I think so. I think it was one of those because they always start with the princess ones. Those are the like the those are always the big ones. They're the easiest ones to sort of make your money on. What were they called? The Diamond Editions or where they I, were? Yeah, what was yeah? Well, because I can never remember what the Blu-rays were because it was like the Platinum Editions on DVD. Yeah. I think it's Diamond. I think it's Diamond. Yeah. I don't know if there's Signature series now or something. I think it's been yeah. switched to because they have Walt's signature on the cover. Right. Which won't make any sense when it starts getting in. It's like you can't do that for a bunch of movies that are going to come out. Like anything after Jungle Book can't be a signature. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but it didn't really, but its initial run didn't make a whole ton of money. It made like $5 million on its initial theatrical run. It's made the sixty to fifty million, you know, throughout its lifetime. But like its initial run was um, five point three million. Um, so it didn't make its money back in its initial run, um, and it was also uh, cost six million dollars to make. So it lost a million bucks. And it was <laughs> it was the most expensive Disney movie at the time. Like they had that was the most expensive cartoon they made. Wow. And I don't know, like, there's nothing. I wonder why it was the most expensive. Because it doesn't feel like thematically, like, it does anything. It doesn't, it's not inventing anything new. It's not really doing a whole lot. It's so, not super long. Not super long. It wasn't in development for a particularly massive amount of time. So I'm assuming it just has to deal with what the dollar was worth in the time where it was being made. Or, or it could have been like a lot of like uh, trial and error with the art style. Like we're going to try this. No, we're going to try this, and maybe it was just man hours or whatever. It's twice as expensive as uh, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, and Lady and the Tramp. <laughs> God, uh, I, I don't see it though. I don't. Uh, see it, I. It, it was the first time uh, the companies. Uh, it was the first time. Uh, their first annual loss in a decade so it's like it was the first time they've had like an actual like reportable loss for the time in the, in, in the decades and so um, obviously <laughs> when something like that happens um, we're not gonna do this again for 30 yeah, years <laughs> and people get fired so yeah. the animation department was sort of crippled for a spell um and it shows the yeah. show is coming up in a few years. Yeah. Um, it was, like every Disney movie, it was re-released multiple times. Right. But um, not in Walt's lifetime, according to Wikipedia, which I guess makes sense since like its next release was in 1970 and he would have been 
already well dead by. I think mean, it's only 1959. Like you know, they usually wait a decade, right, <laughs> for for a re-release for some of their stuff. So it being you know 1970s, about a decade later. So because it opened in January of 1959, uh, so 1960 basically. You know? Yeah. How, so how many times was it re-released in theaters? Let's see, 1970, 1979, okay. 1986, and 1985. Okay. So four times. And then I think it, then it was it was a uh, wonderful world of Disney. Oh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's what I saw. It. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I would have seen Big Box Clamshell VHS at first because I think that was. Oh, let's see if we can find out exactly when. That's weird. It was originally going to be released in 1993 and was even advertised on the 1992 VHS release of Beauty and the Beast. But they pushed it to 1995. You know what's funny? I actually have the, the 1992 video release of Beauty and the Beast. So I'm going to go... No, I have to find a VCR to go look for it. <laughs> You're going to have to take it out, hold it up to the light, and see if you can. Yeah. <laughs> we, hit it, we hit a goodwill, and I'll report back. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, all of its re-releases and everything put it as, as a massive hit, you know, right. eventually. But like all of these Disney movies, it's a, it's a massive hit. Um, but uh, Diamond Edition is the most recent. Let's see, Diamond Edition, Blu-ray, DVD. So Diamond Edition is the most recent style. And that was released like what, maybe ten years ago, almost. Jeez, oh, let's see, 2014, so six, six years, six ago. years, six years so, ago. All right. Yeah, that makes uh-huh. sense. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, let's get into our uh, our breakdown of some of the legacy of um, this movie because of it, which it, it has plenty it has. of. It's, it's plenty of like you know. Um, Video games is how we always start because eventually the answer is going to be yes to everything. Right. The, the answer typically becomes yes regardless because Kingdom Hearts is, exists. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, um, and uh, yeah, Aurora is absolutely plays a role in this. And so does Maleficent and everything. Like it, you know, it, it's easy. Probably one of the easier properties to shove into. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, because as we said, this is effectively Legend of Zelda. Yeah, and, you know, it's, uh, it's you know, Kingdom Hearts is you know a Final Fantasy game, and having it be like it, it, it you know, the villain turns into a dragon. What's more fantasy RPG right. than than that? So you know, yeah, of course it's in Kingdom Hearts. It's in all of the Kingdom Hearts. You know, I'm sure it's Kingdom Hearts three when we're recording this is out. It's very shortly. And it's gonna. I'm assuming it's gonna be in that too. <laughs> so. I, I I go back to this game a lot, but I think Maleficent was also in the Mickey Mouse 3DS game. I would I would assume so. I Maybe. think she was in there too. I, I I don't remember much about the Epic Mickey one. Yeah, that yeah. was not a good game. It was not a good yeah. game. It was so it was on the verge of being a good game. It, it but... relied too much on the stylus. Yeah. Was she in the um? The Wii game. No, that that weird, um, like Sim City Disney 3DS. Oh, you know what? She might have been. I can't. You know what? I don't. 
I don't know what you know. I actually don't think so. I don't yeah. think she was. What a shame. Yeah. But um. Uh, but uh, so yeah, but, you know, music. We we always like to talk about the music and um, it the one was, song, <laughs> uh, "Once Upon a Dream." In this particular one, was a pretty big hit. It's been covered a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, it made an appearance. It, they re- they made a they made a big push for it. it. Had a pretty decent cover. It came out when Maleficent was hitting theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, "Once Upon a Dream" is I think it's successfully penetrated sort of pop culture in a sense. Not as much as some of the other songs, but it's there. You recognize yeah. it. You hear it. You go into the theme parks. You hear it. You know, it's it's a thing. Um, but uh, speaking of theme parks. Does it appear at the theme parks? <laughs> uh, yes, it. The actual Sleeping Beauty Castle and uh, the dragon is in Fantastic, correct? Correct. And yeah. I mean, I mean, and and the the castle itself has a walkthrough, right? Uh, that you could go through. Um, the castle itself isn't really Sleeping Beauty's castle. You know, it, it, it's it's just called that. It, in name only. <laughs> in name only. Um, because you yeah. don't see a lot of exterior of the castle in the movie itself. No, 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 no. But it, yeah, but it has a, a walkthrough um, exhibit. That exhibit was closed for a little while, um, uh, because for like five or six years, because after the nine eleven attacks, terrorist attacks, um, they closed it because it was small, tight corridors, and they, it was, uh, and, and they didn't have cast in there to like monitor right. anything, so they just were like. It's you know it's 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 a risk you know it's a safety risk, so they just shut it down. I mean, uh, I mean, you, you must you, if they want to say if they want to call it the Sword of the Stone Castle, I'd be like, all right, probably, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But they uh, yeah they reopened it uh, that that walkthrough. Um, the castle is basically the exact same um, uh, castle in um, Hong Kong and Paris. Actually, Paris. Paris is cool because the castle in Paris, they ha- they um, the the castle in Paris is probably their best castle because they like have to use like the architecture, the design of it. It's like it's not fiberglass. It's like it's like real masonry stuff. Um, and the basement actually has the Maleficent dragon in it. Like you go to it, and there's a big dragon down there designed after the Maleficent dragon. That's and pretty cool. It's really cool. It's 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 a really good. Not uh, this, not yeah. like the not like the rinky dink spray foam castle we have, and yeah. the stucco yeah. castle we have in Disneyland. Yeah, it's um, um, you can actually at the Disneyland one because it has that display of everything. Yeah. Um, because but there's no like wheelchair accessibility or anything. They actually have like uh like a virtual version where you can like look through all the displays and stuff without having to go up the stairs and stuff. It's, you know, it's them trying, but like, you know, it's something that's, you're never going to be able to redesign that. No. Oh, and, and I guess I remember the a story that I heard was, um, the castle was never intended to be that either. Um, that, you know, it was just supposed to just, it was just supposed to be storage or not even storage. It was just hollow and it wasn't supposed to be, a walkthrough exhibit at all, um, but I guess at one point, like they found of like a, a like a rat infestation. <laughs> oh God! 
in there. It's like, yeah, it's, it's, you know, once you get people going through there, you know, you can't, you know, rats don't want to live in there. In the, in the Paris castle? In the Disneyland. The actual oh, okay. Disneyland. I was yeah. like, and that's how Ratatouille was born. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's movies have been made off of horse premises than finding rats in here. <laughs> yeah. But Princess Aurora is also, and all the characters are sort of common. And yeah, uh, Maleficent Dragon is in Fantasmic, and so yeah. I think there's, I think there's, I think there's like cast dressed up as Maleficent, yeah, and, and Aurora walking around the park. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I've seen the fairies before. There, I, the, the, pretty much the majority of the cast gets some FaceTime once in a while. You see Maleficent and Aurora more. You don't yeah. see. You see Aurora almost all the time. You see Maleficent a little more. You see some of the other characters occasionally, but it's probably one of the very few movies that has such a full um, placement in the park. So, yeah, I mean, I, I figure Aurora is probably the easiest to, to go with cast wise. Like, we just need a yeah. tall, skinny blonde woman. Great, yeah. you're in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's like it doesn't. She doesn't have any sort of like particular. Um, traits that make her stand out particularly no. different. It's just blonde, simple, easy blonde hair and a pink dress. You know, so. Yep. Or blue dress. Or blue pink. dress. Pink yeah. dress. Blue dress. They, blue usually dress. Go with the, they usually go with the pink dress. Right. It'd be kind of cool if they had one that changed colors. It would be cool. I'm, I'm sure if anyone's going to pull that off, it would be <laughs> they're like, we're not going to like go through all that trouble. We're going to have our Imagineers work on a color changing dress for this old movie. But um, no sequel in a traditional sense. It has Maleficent, which, which is a prequel in between. Yeah. It would be, yeah, and it, you know, it's it's live action, and it's not like it's not like it's directly. It's not like it's it's not even like a companion piece to Sleeping Beauty. It's more you un- it's more taking into account that you understand what the story of Sleeping Beauty is. Yeah. Generically, it's not like it's it's like the um the Wizard of Oz movie that they made, that great powerful Oz, where it's not right. it can technically be a prequel to um the movie. The Judy movie right. Yeah. But it can also just be its own thing that is attached to the book or you know, any of this, any of the other adaptions. It's just sort of like you can if you if you do the look at it, it it is but it's also not like it could easily just be its own thing. Like if they wanted to, they could probably make a Sleeping Beauty sequel that is just the sequel to this. That you know, <laughs> they well, I mean, like they urge to the if you if you read the plot summary of Maleficent, uh, it goes directions where it's like yeah. so. Pretty much the only thing it has in common with the animated film is the look of Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and, oh, and there was also I think her character was in that. Awful Once Upon a Time show. I I doesn't doesn't surprise me. I've never seen Once Upon a Time. I've seen scenes from it and stuff, but I've never actually uh, actually watched. Wife, it. Like again, my wife used to watch it, and you're good, you're good, you're good. Not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> um, they are making a Maleficent two. I've they, heard that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like filming, um, and everyone's like, I think it was Angelina Jolie's back, and Elle Fanning is. Aurora again, and I think I read that Michelle Pfeiffer is in it. Hmm. Seems to be making some weird comebacks. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I, I maybe I'll get around to watching it 
the original one. It seems fine. I mean, I feel like we should have watched it for research, but eh. yeah. <laughs> but then, but then, like you know, it's future episodes that we can have. This uh, isn't about yeah. this episode. Isn't about Maleficent. This episode is about Sleeping Beauty. If I wanted to yeah. talk about Maleficent, I would have had you watch Maleficent. Mm-hmm. And then you say that, and then when we get to our Computer War Tennis Shoes episode, you're going to regret that decision. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so, you know, is there anything else that we usually cover? We did uh, Um, did music, we did video games, we did the theme park, we did sequels. That's usually what we always cover. We got some merch. Yeah. Uh, We got the Maleficent uh, Lego minifigure in the uh, second series of Disney. Yep, yep. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like the beauty stuff. Like, you know, you don't really have, like, Aurora's and Wreck-It Ralph, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't really have, like, an iconic, like, totem. You know what I mean? Like, nah. no poison apple. There's no wilting rose. There's no glass slipper. You know they're, what they're I mean? Like they're not selling spindles at the Disney store for kids. Yeah, to take exactly. Home. There's no like, yeah. There's no because like that's the, that's the only thing that could be remotely considered a totem. And how fuck you? What do you do with that? Like, how do you expect me to sell a spinning wheel? At, yeah. You know, it, like even if it was a miniature spinning wheel, like what is it? Is it like it's like a gravy boat? Like, what do you want me to do with? <laughs> Spinning wheel. <laughs> and, and Disney's pretty good at like marketing their little uh, MacGuffins in the movies, but not in this case. Yeah, like at best you get Maleficent stuff and like like you know horns, like her look like her headdress, right? Or um, you know, even Sleeping Beauty, like doesn't really have. You don't see little girls particularly dressed up as Sleeping Beauty as much as you see them dressed up as Snow White or Cinderella or, or Cinderella or, 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 or Elsa. Elsa, Belle, um, yeah, yeah, but um, because it's a plain, it's a relatively plain, you know, it's a very Anglo design. It's very simple, like mm. white blonde American girl in, yeah. in, in, in a dress. It's like, you know, there's 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 nothing particularly standoutish about Aurora. Which is, I think that's, I mean, that's the key to the design. I'm pretty sure, but I, I wonder if if the her being so. I don't want to say like underwhelming character wise was not by not by design. So like girls can imagine themselves in that character easier. Yeah. Cause she doesn't yeah. have any like distinguishing. Like, you know. If this movie were made a decade later or something, I could see that. But it's like, we're still in the heart of the fifties. Right. And it's like, like Disney marketing and, and like merchandise wasn't on the same level as it is nowadays. I mean, it's still right. obviously Disney stuff was massive in the fifties especially with Disneyland and stuff, but like not to the level that it would become where everything has, you know, cross promotional items and stuff. Like if, like I said, like with Elsa and stuff, like, you know, you know, you know, decades later, you would just like, you know, just the idea of the blue dress and the big long braid or something is something that you could sell to little girls. Yeah. Like stuff, but like, there's nothing really to sell. Like Snow, Snow White, at least she has a, distinctive dress right you know same thing with Belle. her ball gown is very distinctive um cinderella very distinctive um look all around for jasmine it's got a yeah yeah so i mean you you could argue the castle itself is the biggest piece of marketing material for the movie 
Yeah, and then like and and at, and at the time, that's like you know the castle at Disneyland was one hundred percent just a marketing material. You know, Walt wanted a castle. You know, I've got a new movie coming out that has castles in it, so this just makes sense to brand it as such as a teaser for go see our new movie that's going to have castles like this in it. <laughs> so, Disney's castles coming to theaters. I do like look like they do all those nature documentaries and stuff, just like this, this soaring over castles. <laughs> the soaring over castles. Yeah. Coming soon to California Adventure and Disney World. <laughs> castles. <laughs> for for Castleton. Are you ready? That's a juggle. Yeah. Are you ready to rank it? Are you ready to let's rank it? let's rank this film. All right, Nick, we're gonna start with your list. Okay. Um uh, Better or worse than Dumbo? Worse. Fantasia? Worse. Cinderella? Worse. Ichabod and Mr. Toad? Worse. Lady and the Tramp? I think based on just the climax alone, I like it better than Lady and the Tramp. You're going to put it above Lady and the Tramp? Yes, I am. Okay. So let me sleeping beauty is now your one two three fifth movie that's a good spot for that movie yeah it's seems fair. i mean like you know mm-hmm. i'm again like, basing it on the the finale and like just like you and i were gushing about the art style not in this podcast unfortunately <laughs> we did a little bit but like you know no, we attacked I, I, how, I, how much you love the art and, and i think i did a pretty good job of you sort of did, you did. how much I, I love the forest sequence in this movie. Yeah, like just, yeah. just it, there's nothing going on in that scene. It's just beautiful to look at. It like just I, it's just nice to look at. Yeah, like a good like background on my computer. You know, it's yeah. But um so for me, I worse than Fantasia, mm-hmm. worse than Cinderella, worse than Snow mm-hmm. White, mm-hmm. worse than Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. See, I'm at the same spot as you. So now I'm at Lady and the Tramp. Do I like it more or less than Lady and the Tramp? I think I'm going to put it below Lady and the Tramp, but above Pinocchio. Because I, okay. I, like, I think I like Lady and the Tramp as a movie as a whole more. Right. I think I like it, it, it's It's, you know, as we were saying last week, it's like nothing happens in the first two thirds of that movie and it's all back ended in the third where all the action happens. But even in the first beginning of that movie i think it's at least got some real charm and characters yeah. to it like every character is every character is well defined in lady of the tramp um you, so, you understand you know what all the characters in cinderella or in sleeping beauty even the first half of this movie like when maleficent's not there it's just sort of a vehicle for moving images i mean it's not like anything's yeah. really happening no there's no character development you're not really moving towards the plot in any way because the only time that the plot comes back into play is when maleficent is back in town and she finds aurora and when it's like and that's when she has to be the person to bring the MacGuffin of this you, you know, herself like you know what jj <laughs> you've convinced me oh i'm actually going to move it below lady tramp myself oh see I am going to actually, because you make some valid points, I think I'm going to also... I... So for us, so now it's uh, it's six for cool. both of us. Yeah. And I've not done that. And, I, and I've tried to... I don't want to make a habit of doing that, but... 
you made some salient points. I think uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair place for it. So, so in this sense, you like it less than Lady and the Tramp, but more than I, Peter Pan. Yes, yes. For me, it's I like it less than Lady and the Tramp, but more than Pinocchio. So, okay. so that seems fair. That seems about where I would have it for me, and yeah. and it's better than. Uh, uh, three Cavaleros and Sidious Amigos for eternity. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy jerking the curtain forever. <laughs> yeah, I, we are going to. I'm going to mention how bad those movies are every single every episode. every week. <laughs> every week we do this, we're gonna throw yeah. massive shade at those two movies. Yeah, they're so bad, they're so bad. Now they might. I'm not saying they're they're not gonna they're, they may not stay up there forever. They they're, might, but but they're, they're they're they got some strong contenders to the throne. Yeah, there's a couple in a f- handful of episodes that like, what? and and I know when we get deep into the uh, archive, into the Disney vault, uh, they become some strong contenders. But um, we'll I uh, we'll there's see. one movie I had to put personal bias aside for. <laughs> That where I want to rank it lower than it should be. <laughs> Talk about it off air. <laughs> yeah. Or in what? Uh, 30 weeks or so? Maybe 25 weeks or so? <laughs> so stay tuned for our Meet the Robinsons episode. Where <laughs> yep. It's just an, it's an hour of me dunking on Atlantis. Um. <laughs> but until then. Mm. I want to thank you all for joining us again. This has been fun. Uh, I also want to just complain the fact that the um, the three Cavaleros and Sweetest Amigos episodes are like our most downloaded episodes, and it upsets me greatly. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> like, because we're unhappy the entire yeah. time. But to be fair, I think our most popular episode has been the Christmas episode. So the one that's a non sequitur that has no tie in to the typical ranking system that we're doing here, but um, it's Christmas. People love Christmas. You can't well, and, and I would argue, like out of all of our episodes, and you might disagree, that I think we had the most like joy doing. Yeah, just yeah, talking absolutely. About I think we, like because like the first three or four episodes of this were just like yeah, and then it's like uh, like gets increasingly more bitter oh, uh, but like we're getting we're, we're, we've sprung back because we've had some great movies in recent times yeah. and we're gonna have some more good movies coming up um so you know and some of it's also us just we're you know we're still pretty new to this we're still you know trying to find our hit our stride yeah. so um and there's gonna be some more like the like the christmas episode there's gonna be more um mm. like side episodes when we're doing yes there are some things like i have plans for what to do after we're um done ranking all of like you know going over all of these movies because eventually we're going to reach the end of the list right and you know obviously the list will always be added to because every few years or so they're putting in a new movie so you know by the time we're, we're going to rank the herbie movies yeah so by the okay. time we're, by the time we're by the time we get to the end like you know frozen 2 will be hitting theaters you know so yeah. things like that. So eventually, like there's there's a definite ending, and you know eventually we have to move on to something else, or just walk away from it. And we gotta yeah. 
expanding it on what we want. So there's some things, and some things just won't fit into what some of the ideas are. Like, you know, it, is, it will be fun to talk about some live action stuff, but you can't really go through everything that Disney does because it's weird. And some things that it, does this count? Does this not count? Like, yeah. It's like it's like yeah, we could talk about the black hole or you know Treasure Island, but we can also talk about you know some other weird obscure stuff. And you know I know we would like to talk about Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea yeah. or something at some point, but like it doesn't fit into any of the ideas that I have. So you know that's where the annex episodes like the Christmas one will come into and stuff. So, but if there's anything you want us to to talk about. Oh, yeah. let us know like you yeah. know if if you're if you're really jonesing for us to talk about the devil and max devlin please yeah if if, if, if uh, mr boogity is something mr. boogity is something that you're really interested in like yeah i mean like you know i've got some there's some stuff Nolan. i'm working on some things right now um, or like some of like maybe if you're interested in us covering some of the uh, direct <laughs> to direct to video sequels. Yeah, let us yeah. let us know. Yeah, I mean, and eventually we're gonna have to like you know some of them like I think it only makes sense once we get to Aladdin to record a separate episode of Aladdin because the Aladdin had some of the more interesting sequels or yes. So you know you know it only makes sense to follow up with that in the more full full featured episode than just mentioning it in passing like we were with some of the other ones like Lady of the Tramp 2 or um, you know even the Lion King stuff we'll mention like in passing because you know Lion King one and a half is a particularly interesting movie to talk about full length but I think the Aladdin stuff yeah um, there's just lots of interesting stuff to go with some of that stuff we're, 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 we're not going to we're not going to deep dive on Belle's magical Christmas yeah exactly but, yeah, <laughs> yeah there, there are some exceptions to the rule obviously but um so, you know, it, 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 when we get there, we get there. We're still kind of a ways away from any we, of that sort of stuff. because Disney we got a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, we got a lot of ground to cover for that. Like, you know, you know, Jungle Book is only going to be in a few weeks at this point, And we're not going to talk about Jungle Book 2 too much. Like, no. Yeah, but, um, but again, maybe sometime down the road for just needs content or we get, get a wild hair up our butts, you know, maybe. But for the most part, I have some ideas. We're going to pick occasionally something that we want to talk about. And it's maybe something somebody said, hey, you should talk about this or something. So, yeah, it's all right. But um, but until then, next week we'll be covering um, 101 Dalmatians, which um, that'll be fun. That's, yeah. Uh, that's what that's there's there's a lot to talk about with 101 Dalmatians just from a pure movie standpoint like not even the production stuff but just like the movie itself i feel like there's a lot of fun to have with that movie so um I look and a lot to of and a lot of simpsons references next week a lot of simpsons references. <laughs> we, will, we will probably end up singing the entirety of see my vest uh, <laughs> uh, if, uh, so i i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't put it past us so yeah uh, but until then, again, thank you so much for joining us. Nick, thank you for joining me again. My pleasure. And um, you know what? Have a magical day. Bye.